Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Mike T. Sharp Podcast, a.k.a. the Black Awareness Rally Podcast. You could be rocking with anybody else in the world right now, but you're here with us, and for that, we do appreciate you. It's your boy, Pledge, alongside my man, B. Yo. And we welcome you to the discussion. What up, everybody? We number three, episode three. Yes, we're still at it. Black Awareness Rally Moments. Let's do it. Okay. You want to kick it off? Yeah, let me have it. Uh... Ladies first. Of course. Uh, bikini contest. Beyonce. Uh-huh. Just all over the news in the last week or so. She could be a finalist every week, I think. I probably could. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. <laughs> Netflix special documentary on Baychella. For anybody that's uninitiated, that means Beyonce took over Coachella last summer. Was that last summer? Last summer. And just completely shut it down. Brought the HBCU experience to Coachella. She's also going to release that uh, documentary on the 17th of this month. Look out for that. Netflix. Second thing, Adidas in partnership, not endorsement, but partnership. Yes. Which means she's going to be at the helm of some of their creative projects, uh, much like Kanye was. Yes. Uh, but, of course, you know, Beyonce got a lot more control of what happens. For so. Sure. And from what I understand, is she courted a lot of other brands no, 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 in no, this no. process? They courted her. Oh, they did. Because they want to work with her. I got you. But I guess she Beyonce. opened herself up to the process of being. Of, she of yeah. Courting? She she didn't leave the corporations on red. She did not ghost them. Okay. She took actual dates, meetings, meetings, not dates, yes. meetings, with them and, and back to the man hole. Yeah, because. They be disrespecting my dog, but anyway, that's another <laughs> conversation. Uh, yeah, she met with people and she was like, "Nah, your staff ain't looking right." So, as much flack as she take for not being a, I guess, a whole person or interesting person, she be putting her foot on the necks of these colonizers quite often. So, shout out to Beyonce. Uh, keep doing your thing. I just don't see any missteps. Oh, for sure, for sure. Well, I will hop into, I also combine my week, this week's uh, beauty pageant and art into the same person, and that is the lovely uh, Issa Rae. Hey. Yes. Hey, how you and doing? It's, she got a couple of things going on uh, right now. Oh, yeah. I just thought about what you talked about. Yeah, so um, I'll go that. ahead and jump into it. She um, announced her engagement, yeah. so she is off the um, market. Out, off the market. B, how you feel about that? Some BS, <laughs> but you know whatever. Black love, good job. And apparently, Don't old boy up. was was red shirting this one for a while because yeah, they've been around. dating he for a around. minute. So I mean, he was before he was in before all this popped off. Yeah. So he gave her a couple of red shirt years. Attrition. I'm saying, but now that she, um, you know this this all American senior out here. Um, you know, all of it's paying off for him. So, yes, but um, Issa Rae, she's out here doing her thing, uh, movies, producing shows, Insecure, um, and just uh, somebody who is great for the culture. And now um, she's just trying to get other people on as well. So that's always a beautiful thing yeah. when um, artists want to give back. Yeah, she's, she's pretty good about that, uh, making sure somebody gets a leg up through her. So yes, props to her. I uh, hope you fail. I mean, I hope your marriage <laughs> is successful. 
You know, we all need that experience, unfortunately. But, okay. Uh, On a more positive note. Yeah. My McDowell's, what what we call it, McDowell's moment? I'm I'm just kind of stunned by this. The donations with Lisa McDowell. Children are our future. Yeah. All that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going into a community moment. Uh, Nipsey Hussle's death has united very prominent gangs in L.A., South Central L.A. And these guys have been going strong with peace marches and just signs of solidarity for like, what, since he died? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, these displays of unity have been very prominent on social media, which is my official source of news now. Okay. And you cannot believe how unified these guys are. So, um, I'm fortunate that somebody had to die for it to happen, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, um, you know, it's it's – People have really shown how much of an impact Nipsey has made on their lives and how much of an impact he made in the community. I think we're going to delve into it a lot more um, later on in in, in the show. But um, it's a beautiful thing to see how people have come out and come together in his honor and really, really, um, you know, trying to fulfill um, the vision that he set forth for everybody. So I'm um, happy to see that. And I'll um, delve into my community moment, um, you know, to the Georgetown uh, University. They, um, it's actually, it's, it's an ironic situation because it's a university that got some of their money off of selling slaves um, back in the 1800s. So um, it was the school that was founded off of the selling of slaves, and that's how they were able to raise funds. Did not know that. Yes. Wow. That 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 not is... completely surprising, but did know that. Yeah. So, um, however many years ago that happened, now they're trying to do a safe face, and it's good to see that they put it to a vote in the school, and a majority of the students said yes to increasing their. Um, semesterly student funds to um i think it's like 27 dollars some change yeah. per semester per student and it's going to create a fund to help the descendants of those um 200 something slaves that they sold to raise funds for the university so i think that's a um a big move um and it starts the whole reparations conversation because this is their form of reparations and um you know, it's interesting to see that, you know, when something was put to a vote, um, how many people weighed in and thought it was a great idea. Justice delayed is not justice denied. I think that was, well, that was uh, Kodak Black said that. Um, anyway. Wow. You, no. you brought up a character there. Uh, <laughs> no, that wasn't Kodak. Um, yeah. I want to say it was Jesse... Jackson or uh, MLK, but one of our civil rights leaders. Uh, thank God for that, because it's still necessary. Because uh, again, ain't nobody out here doing it on their own. I don't care what Fox bots are telling you, Republicans are telling you. No, nobody's out here getting out the mud on their own. So look out for Georgetown. Uh, we appreciate it. 
hopefully other universities follow suit. On, uh, a, on a more lighter note, do you think that would help with basketball recruiting? I mean, because they're, they're trying to do things, you know, to, to help, um, you know, blacks out. So do you think, you know, nah. you think Patrick Ewing, the basketball coach, can translate that into, nah. you know, we, we for the culture or what? Nope. Oh, he can't? Mm-mm. Man, I was trying to get him. Only because it's it's such a they're already so high up in the in the recruitment game. Well, I, I, not I mean, let me not, let me I'm say yeah. Let not me not say that. Let me not because I was gonna say let me not say that because I know you know Pat just started, which is like third season coming up or something like that. Yeah, it's third season coming up. Um, so he probably do need all the legs up he can get. But again, if you're going to Georgetown to play ball, I'm sure they're gonna take care of you. Um, so yeah, I'm saying, but they can say that they're doing something that no other university is doing. But that just depends on the, every individual family caring about <laughs> that information. And I don't know if he's gonna be able to find enough studs to fill out a 16 man roster with that. I don't know. Like, what you think that's gonna get Zion Wilson to come there over Duke? No, I don't. You can see, that's what I'm like. I don't know if that's gonna be a major factor. Hope it does, but I just in the way that that industry goes, man, I don't think that'll be a, a big deal. Uh, anyway, Randy Watson moment. That was just a way for me to throw sports in. Yeah, it's, it's it's okay. We don't we don't have a lot of sports on here, <laughs> which is bad. We go, you know what? We're gonna have a want to talk about LeBron James and how people are perceiving this brother and his business moves inside the league. It's we'll been do that. A rough year for him. I, I don't care. I don't care about that. I don't, I don't care about the sports part. This dude is just manhandling the business side of the NBA. And I feel like it doesn't get enough praise. Uh, but anyway, another time, another show. Uh, my Randy Watson moment for the week. Anderson Pack just dropped his third album, third solo album. Yes. No, fourth solo album. I'm oh, sorry. Okay. Um, check that out. I am excited. Andre 3000 is featured on the first track. Smokey Robinson's on there. Layla Hathaway. Um, these are some people that I revere. I hear you. When it comes to their artistic abilities, so shout out to them. Yeah, I think it the fact that he can get those legends in the game <coughs> to agree to um, join him is a testament to him, him in itself. You know, because a lot of um, you know people who have you know, been in the game for a while or, you know, have, you know, reached certain status. They just look at today's artist as, um, you know, just not doing anything noteworthy at all or just very, very on the surface. But the fact that you can get people that have, you know, reached the level of success that they have to join this young brother, I think is a positive sign for him. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not going to pretend like I'm all the way in on this artist because I I've heard a lot of good things about him haven't delved too deep into the music or whatever but, the brother's funky but he keeps coming up in you know in, in everything that I'm paying attention to so I think um, I think you'll like him because so. you like if you still like CeeLo from your undergrad days you'll yes. like Anderson Pack. yeah I'll, I'm gonna kind of carve out some time yeah. to check this brother out but I have heard a lot of good things about him yeah this week. He's, and he's he's fun great energy what you got for Randy Watson for the week? I can borrow my two. Uh, 
East Ray. Oh, that's Austin. right. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. Uh, all right, man. Let's do it. The I don't know if we want to call it the fallout from the Nipsey Hustle death. Uh, let's just say the reaction and the legacy. So we have what two categories or two ways we want to approach it. Uh, so again, the, the, everybody's covered it. You know, it's been talked about for a great amount of time. Uh, Nipsey Hussle was a Los Angeles-based rapper who was also a community activist, uh, humanitarian. And I, and I think activist not in the word of just, you know, uh, you know, just trying to galvanize people with words. I think activists in the, of actually actions, I think that's the beautiful thing yeah. about it is not just trying to promote something, but actually putting your work, your resources mm-hmm. behind, you know, your cause yeah. and what you're trying to accomplish. So I think that's one of the beautiful things about, um, about, you know, his, his body of work right. so far. His, uh, his death came, was it the third? That matter of fact, the day we left uh, Tio's house, he died while we was watching that game. No, you weren't there. He died while we was watching the it was like uh, two Sundays ago. Yeah, when uh, I want to say when Duke lost to Michigan State. Yes. Uh. So it was a sad day on more than one occasion. Right, right, right. I, uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I did kind of want to see Zion keep it going, but. Yeah, the brother lost his life. Uh, he was killed by, apparently, he wasn't a close associate. Known um, assailant. Yeah, but some guy that people in the neighborhood knew, and he lost his life. But in the in the in the wake of that, we've had a lot of people reflecting on various topics. Uh, one of the most prominent topics was after leaving. And going out into the world and becoming educated, after leaving the hood, going out into the world, getting education, honing some skills, should you come back to the hood to help them? And this is actually a concept that is discussed by the timeless thinker W.E.B. Du Bois, called the Talented Tenth. So the concept goes, uh, African-Americans leave African-American neighborhoods, go off to college, get education, get skills, get degrees, land jobs, and then bring those skills and jobs back to the neighborhood to support the neighborhood. And when they don't come back to the neighborhood, it's considered a brain drain. But when they come back, it's considered, I guess, he didn't have a name for it, not being a brain drain, but, you know, it's just a talented tenth. So Nipsey Hussle is an example of a young person that was in the hood Figured out a way to, you know, hone his skills, make money, and then stay in the neighborhood to support that neighborhood and help it grow and flourish. So that's been a huge debate. Should you leave brain drain or not? Um, I think that you can help a situation and still not be direct to to live in that situation. I, I think that there's still a I, think there's a way to do both help people out but not necessarily you have to live among them and, and for examples like this to where um you know he can can if for security reasons 
Right. Maybe. You know, if this brother was still around, he could still be making positive effects in this community. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I think that's one thing about legacy is that you've seen that what he has put out in this world or whatever, even after he has died, has continued to um, make an impact on people. True. So I think, um, you know, his legacy speaks for itself. Yeah. And we've seen it. Hopefully it continues to speak for itself. It's not just something that, you know, dies down in the next weeks or months. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that, you know, you can't be fought it for reaching a level of success and, you know, moving out as long as you continue to help the people that um, you set out to help. True. Uh, think about, like, let's say... Uh, like Jay Z, for example, right? Yeah. Jay Z don't live in the projects that he grew up in. Correct. Not saying the Nip, because I, I don't think Nipsey actually still lived in the neighborhood per se. But he still spent. Yeah, but he was time. he was you know selling businesses. Yes. Uh, on a specific uh, corner, and was it Slauson and Crenshaw? Yes. I think that's the intersection, and he was visible. It was easy to touch, so to speak. That's a rap yes. term for. People can find you. Yeah, and I think that day, I mean, he was wrong. He didn't have any security. No security. Yeah, it just posted up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a dude, dude took his life. But I like what Jay-Z's doing, what LeBron's doing. Um, those two guys are examples of, you know, they don't live there. They might not be there a whole lot, but they're still doing things to kind of reach in and help the community that they're a part of. So JG, I haven't heard very much about him going back to the actual neighborhood. Yeah. And like doing stuff specifically there, but he's keeping his finger on the news of what's happening from people that would be a part of that community. And he's helping them out. So you got the example with him getting the immigration attorney for 21 Savages case, um, helping little Uzi Vert get his case uh, dealt with. He was helping the little boy over in Lakeland that got arrested for uh, refusing to stand for the pledge. Yes. And, you know, he stepped in. One of those protesters um, where he bailed, him and Beyonce bailed everybody out of jail. Right, right, right. So, So. you know, that's his way of, you know, back to the community, right? But then you have LeBron who's actually, you know, he's gone back and physically put something in the neighborhood that he come from, well, in the city. Yes. That he came from. So, you know, he built a school in Akron and he's doing other things. But, you know, th- those are two different ways that some prominent figures have given back. So, my thing is, it helps a few people, but it doesn't change the neighborhood. Right. So, whereas, let's say with Nipsey Hussle, you got a lot of people that were like, you know, this is tragic because he was helping so many of us. But then, let's say the artist, the, the guy that took his life, he might not have been benefiting from the changes that Nipsey made. And as a result, he still thought that crime was the best way to get it. True. Yeah, and, and to kind of piggyback off of what you said about LeBron, I think that um, you're in the education field. I think mm-hmm. that in, in the, the topic of respirations, uh, reparations has come up 
um, quite a bit, and this is, and I said that's something that we're probably going to have to dedicate a whole um, episode to. Yeah. But I think kind of the best form of giving back is education. Right. I think not one-off situations to where, all right, this happens, and I'm going to react to it. But I think the best form is that get kids at a young age, get them a quality education, um, you know, and the resources, not just educationally, but the the resources that they need to develop socially, that they need to develop mentally, emotionally, and that that way we're growing whole persons, people or whatever. I think that is the quintessential way of um, kind of, you know, building up strong communities in my opinion now you uh you're not you're not off on that i've listened to sean king you know sean king you got yeah he's uh got the podcast called breakdown and uh in his in his discussion uh y'all excuse me these allergies are killing me his discussion of the death of nipsey hustle he talked about his experience living in a california neighborhood I want to say it's San Bernardino. I I, I could be way off, but uh, you know one of them sand joints in California. And he was like, uh, he noticed that he was there three months before he saw a cop car. Like he knew where the station was. Yes. You know, you could go to the station to see him, but it was three months before he saw a cop driving the car somewhere besides the station, yes. right? Like in his neighborhood. And he started doing some research. He was like, a lot of the reasons, you know, for that lack of police presence, quote unquote, was because everybody there had a good education. Most people there had a good job that could provide, and everybody had access to great quality health care. He's like, you know, people still doing drugs. Yes. Crimes were still being committed. But the type of issues that, let's say, Crenshaw would have to deal with. <coughs> they weren't prominent in that neighborhood. And he was saying it's because of the things you were saying. The education quality was higher. The jobs outlook was higher. And then the, the health care was higher. Yes. So people didn't have to do things like, you know, those particular violent crimes that took Nipsey Hussle's life because they were getting those kind of things met. Like the... Basically, the basic needs: shelter, uh, access to money. You know. Oh yeah. You know, opportunity. So you didn't need that. Now, granted, you got some other issues that come along with that, but correct. You know, those are. It, I mean, different it, types it of issues. Kind of ties into uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Right, right, right. And um, you well, know, and I think. Um, share that. Share that with us if you, if you can. Well, I mean, our first instinct is to survive. Um, so the very first thing we're going to do is, you know, try to survive, and that's to make sure that we have our basic needs of food, uh, shelter, things of that nature. So if we don't, if we are in a situation where we have to struggle or even fight to get those things, we're, we're going to try to survive. Um, and then, you know, once we once we get comfortable with those things, then we're able to do things like you know, live in community with one, one another mm-hmm. and then work towards realizing our dreams. But our basic needs have to be met before right. we're able to do that. And so I think um, a lot of times 
you know, like like you in education, if you you have kids that come to school and they're not properly nourished or they're not getting the love and support they need mm-hmm. at home, it's going to be kind of tough for them to. They ain't worry about learning. And focus on learning yeah. because their basic needs haven't been met. So now we say basic needs. What Maslow was it five steps or yes, six five steps? Steps. five. Yes. So you know it goes one. You know it's a like a pyramid. One would be the, you know, just physical safety. Yes. I think two is shelter. And then three would be acceptance from a community. So I think uh, the black community, yep, 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 yep. So safety was uh, number two. Then love and belonging, which is the, the respect and the uh, feeling like somebody cares about you would be number three, right? So a lot of us in the black community, we don't have – that sense of an actual connection or bond with somebody that cares about our well-being. And because of that, we don't try to elevate to the fourth step, which is, okay, at home, you know, my parents love me. Um, they show me by supporting me, giving me words of encouragement, uh, telling me I can do things. I don't feel like I can go out and then start trying to figure out how to get a degree or get skills, or get a job where I can start competing to be respected, right? Correct. So let's say, let's take the young man that, that took Nipsey's life. Just got out of jail. Mm-hmm. So we know his employment might not be too secure. Um, his mindset, he didn't feel safe. So he was still basically stuck on level number two. And then he might have felt like taking Nipsey's life was going to get him to step three, which is love and belonging. Right, so uh, we know he definitely wasn't feeling respected because he felt like he had to kill a man to get respect. So I know uh, it's tough, dude. That's like a, a very large issue that people are start starting to try to deal with in the mental health and wellness community. Oh, yeah, it's definitely been something over the last year or so. That people have started to, I think the stigma is starting to go away right, right. of people, you know, just being called crazy. Yeah. Or, um, you know, we just going to pray it out of you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying. So I think it's um, definitely something that, um, and, I th- and shout out to, to um, Charlemagne the God, who is somebody that I pay, pay a lot of attention to. He wrote a book um, that kind of touched on that subject and which kind of, um, ignited the conversation about black people's approach to mental health. Mm-hmm. And um, I just said, you know, just to kind of tie back on the elementary thing, you know, of kids, you know, being of kind of reaching kids educationally and giving them, putting them in environments where they can not only thrive educationally, but also, you know, um, emotionally and, and things of that nature, you know, Frederick Douglass had a quote that um, it is easier to build strong children mm-hmm. than to repair broken right. men. Right. So, um, you know, I think that, you know, kind of, uh, you know, if we can get them early as possible and get them um, that solidified, um, the foundational built up, I think it um, yield positive results moving forward. For for the for the brothers that's checking us out, 
I saw a meme on uh, Instagram. It was kind of funny. <coughs> it said, uh, black men going to therapy is the new tall. <laughs> right? So, if you tell a chick you're going to therapy, that's almost like being six foot four now. Oh, wow. So, you know, in, in the comments, it was on fire with sister supporting that statement. Because, you know, it's, it's a lot of people that have traumas that they're, they're unaware of um, that are affecting how they live. <coughs> uh, shout out to therapy, therapy for Black Men on Instagram. It's not the page that I saw it, but it's a lot of mental health issues going on with Black Men. Uh, you know, the sister's starting to kind of lead the push and charge for their health, but and you're right, man. It's, it's kind of hard because our entire community is at a disadvantage when it comes to just having resources to be like, yo, I'm secure enough in my situation where I don't have to seek out violent or nonviolent crimes to eat. Correct. Or just do it like a shady hustle. So, I mean, think about uh, Cardi B's story recently. Like her, some old videos of hers resurfaced online. Yes. And she was saying she had to, uh, what she was like, drug, drugging dudes. Yeah, cats that had already agreed to, yeah, um, you know, perform certain acts with her. Right, right. Um, so she was she taking was, them back and drugging them and, and robbing them. Right. And her thing was, she didn't have very many options. Right. Yes. So. You know, somebody sitting on the outside of the culture might be like, oh, you could have went and got a job, but you was already stripping. You didn't have to. But you got to think, habitually, this is probably all she's ever known, so it's kind of hard to break that cycle. Correct. Second, she probably hasn't been exposed to very many options, like a legit exposure, not hearing about lawyers or seeing a lawyer on TV, but having a lawyer in her life on a day-to-day -day basis showing her you know, you could actually be one of these people, right? Correct. So, uh, and and here's the ironic thing about all this is that when you talk about um, the growing prison population, which is um, primarily filled with uh, black and brown people, mm -hmm. um, you know, which has become a business over the last few years, yeah, of locking people up, it's actually you know cheaper for us to you know educate young people. Mm -hmm. And to prevent them from going into that system, than it is for us to lock them up. Right. That's that's the crazy thing about it, is that economically, it makes it more makes, sense. It makes more sense. Yeah. For yeah. us to for us to educate and build up um, strong individuals as opposed to um, just locking them up. But unfortunately, you know, we have a system that is designed to profit off the lives of. Black and brown people. Uh, I don't know if y'all know, but check out the 13th Amendment documentary by uh, Ava DuVernay. It's a, yeah, it's on Netflix. Well, it was on Netflix. I think yeah. it was a Netflix special, so it's probably permanently there. Yeah. But it discussed that that concept, what you're talking about. Uh, we America's prison population is like over 2 million. Oh, yeah. Which is the highest in the recorded history of the world. Correct. Certainly the highest of any country. That currently exists. And I think over the last, what, 20, 30 years, it's what, it, it went from being in the hundreds of thousands to, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so, I mean, it, it's in, really. Into the really, millions. It's, it's really, really grown in the yeah. last few years. 
Oh, one one thing I did want to point out. Apparently, there aren't more black men in prison than there are in college. So if you hear that somewhere, don't. It's either at least investigate it, but don't 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 uh, perpetuate that stereotype because it's not true. But we are the face of prison populations uh, because there are more of us in there than any other group. Uh, yo, we need help. We need help in the communities. Uh, some action steps that we can take. You can look into your black, not your black, excuse me, your local big brothers, big sisters, uh, boys and girls club, volunteer. Uh, kids need mentors, man. Oh, yeah. Like they need them in their life. Like I know you're a part of, I mean, you're doing your mentoring part by, what is it, coaching? Volunteering, coaching? Coaching and then um, also getting involved. Um, Next Level is a, you know, a, it's a group that gets together at a local high school right. to kind of, um, you know, identify young men who um, who are potential first-generation college students. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, so things of that nature. But as I said, I think, you know, as, as I alluded to before um, earlier in the show, um, you know, reaching young men, uh, I think is the most effective way for us to, you know, bring about change. Yeah. Uh, yo, just if you got time for three days a week, two days a week, I mean, the kids really do appreciate it, man. Uh, I try to take advantage of the relationships I form with my students and try to get back into their communities and try to show them, hey, you know, I'm, I'm your teacher, but I'll come to your neighborhood football games. I'll come to you. You know, whatever events that they're proud of because they want to see that somebody cares, dude. So that will be step two in the uh, love and belonging. Somebody actually cares about me. Yes. So um, it's a huge boost for them, man. You should see the smiles that they have when you show up see places it'll warm your heart and theirs so um if you can if you haven't you know get out look for it you can go to your local um schools and volunteer they're always looking for volunteers you can go to your uh local churches and maybe ask what initiatives they have going so definitely uh look out for that now part two of the nipsey hustle legacy we have a huge discussion going on inside the black community. It's like always festering at the bottom. But anytime something happens big in the news, it kind of just boils up. The relationship between the African-American man and the African-American woman. I've been seeing a lot of memes online about sisters saying they their experience has been they haven't met a man like Nipsey. Men have been saying they want a sister that is loyal, like Nipsey Hussle's wife, Lauren London. And then the reaction from either side has been, you don't deserve it because you're not doing X, Y, and Z. So the discussion is going to be, what must the man be doing for a woman to submit to her? husband or boyfriend the way that Lauren London submitted to Nipsey um whew, boy this is a deep one right here bro I don't really feel like it's that deep you don't think so like I know it's important well expound it's quintessential yes 
<coughs> I don't feel like it's that deep though. I hear you. Um, I, I want to hear your thoughts and feelings on this. I personally feel like it's like a three step thing. Okay. Uh, it's like cooking rice. Okay. Technically, it's simple, but that not that many people know how to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. I hear uh, sisters want to do that's informed, protective, and I don't mean just like physically out there shooting people, but just their their overall well being, right? Yes. Uh, and then they want to know that a guy is loyal to the relationship that they have, and sustaining the sister's individual pursuits right inside the relationship so like if your wife is uh you know got a small business she yes. want to know that you you out there supporting and helping her right Correct. so that ain't a whole lot of things but it's, it's tough because it's a thing that requires a sustained amount of commitment over an extended period of time true so uh i mean i don't know i kind of kind of laugh when i hear it because that's kind of how me and you was raised, so it wouldn't really be that tough of a concept for me to grasp, because I was always kind of like, oh, let me help, let me help, let me help, let me listen, let me listen. Uh, did have to work on my communication skills at some point in my past relationships, but uh, I was a bit too pushy when I was trying to support. I was really like, you know, I was trying to push my, my old lady out of the nest before she was ready, which, you know, I hear you. you can refine that, but... Um, I mean, I think that as far as, I think it's an individual thing. I think what some women are looking for, especially in this, um, where there's kind of been a change in the, in the dynamics Mm -hmm. of men and women with women being more, you know, career goal oriented, things of that nature, as opposed to, you know, the past. I think that it's kind of an an individual thing. It's not just a um, just a thing where you can say, "Oh, this is what women are looking for." I think you have to have mm-hmm. individual conversations. Right, right. I agree. Have to be opening. Have to be open to to listening and understanding what they are looking for. And I think that's the beginning step: is being open. Yeah. And you know, treating that, respecting that person as an individual and what their individual wants and, and needs are so i think that's yeah. that's kind of uh key there listening and understanding because you can listen but if you ain't understanding <clears throat> you know you're not being successful with that but uh it's kind of scary out here dude because it's a lot of emotionality and rightfully so i mean a lot of people are frustrated with their experiences trying to find a mate and it's just been tough for some people and a lot of people have become disenchanted with the idea of finding black love so, um, but one thing I, I, I did want to say and it kind of slipped my mind is a lot of people don't know how to express what it is they need in the form of support. Like I know some people that, you know, everybody wants to be loved, right? So according to Mad's love, that's step three. You yeah. need that love and belonging. You know, left your family. You know, you've been out here doing your thing. Maybe your family wasn't the best support system for you, and you're going to have to find that support from someone else, right? Correct. 
but a lot of us aren't aren't sure about what it is we're supposed to receive once we have a new mate or how we're supposed to do it, right? Like, perfect example. Last week, I went out to uh, Burger Fight with some co- some old coworkers, and we were just sitting there talking about, they were asking me, yo, B, what does a man need? Like, how does a man need to be shown love and blah, 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 blah. So I was, like, giving them some pointers, like, dudes don't really, like, we love, but our love is, is not the same the way a woman's love is, right? Like, a lady would need affection, um, and that's, like, attention with some sustainable, su- substantive uh, support. A dude just wants to know that he's respected. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's very, very like that's high. we. You tell us you love us, we'll be like, that's cool. But we have to see it though. Yeah, but it's like if you say I respect my man, I respect his decision making. I respect the way he's going about taking care of the family. That's gonna make a dude feel like he's ten feet tall. You know Correct. what I'm saying? So two sisters that have experience being married women, they were like, Well, you know, they had never thought about it that way. But then on the flip side, men have to know that women don't operate unless they feel the affection, right? Mm-hmm. So I broke it down like uh, attention would be saying, baby, how was your night with your girls? How was the girls' night out? Oh, y'all had a good time? Y'all went to McDonald's? Yeah. It's like, we didn't go to McDonald's, John. We went to Blue Martini. It's like, oh, my bad. It's like, you know, this nigga listening a little bit. Yeah. But they don't feel the connection with the affection in that situation. So affection would be, well, baby, it's Tuesday. I know y'all usually go out on girls' night. Can I come with you? So that's a whole different spin on the exact same conversation. Yeah. Like your lady going to be like, well, dang, it's sad. And he already thinking about Tuesday? <laughs> you know, because it, it shows that you, you've you been listening. You've taken steps to plan out and make yourself available for that night. Yes. Even if she don't want you to come, it's still like, dang, my man want to spend time with me. Even when it's with me and my girls, you get what I'm saying. So that's that's a that's that's a real tricky subject, man. But it's a lot of sisters out here looking for leadership, and I'm not talking about leadership in the form of, oh, I need a brother to buy me stuff, take care of my house. Sisters are doing that. African American woman is the most educated, the largest entrepreneurship group, and growing. Uh, they're leading pop culture. So they don't need us to buy them physical stuff. True. And technology makes it so they don't need sex from us either. <laughs> so, but then what What else is there left to give a sister if you're a man? It's leadership, dude. It's companionship. Yes. Hanging out with your girls ain't the same with hanging out with your boo. A vacation ain't the same as a vacation with your, with your homegirls. You know what I'm saying? It's I I just be sad on social media, bro, with the way the the interactions are with black men and women, because it seems like a lot of people are hurt. I mean, but do you think that I mean, social media is its own life form. Sometimes, do you think that's an accurate depiction of what is happening out? In these streets, though, social media is a megaphone that everybody has. Yes, everybody's standing in the town square, 
yelling I on mean, a megaphone and nobody's listening. But don't you feel that people can portray a different? Um, they can lie. <laughs> I'm saying they could they could say something that they're not really doing, even though that that's what they hope to do, but it's not necessarily something that they're bringing about in their day to day life. Then. I mean, yeah, you, you see that trend. Uh, a big trend though is uh. I guess a, a trend that would basically show people lying would be uh, the happy couple trend, the relationship goal trend. So it's this thing where people pretend that they're in this relationship that's like the best one ever, and they post all of these pictures and uh, statuses to say, this is what me and my boo doing. I love her. I love him. I ain't never been this happy, blah, 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 blah. Right? Sure. And a lot of people like, Oh, really? You're going to do that? And then, not all the time, but a lot of the time, six months later, they single. Yeah. So people like, we ain't really buying this happy couple crap no more. We're going to wait a year, year and a half before we start saying, oh, snap. They're legit happy with what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So to answer your point, man, it's, it's a case-by-case scenario. Yes. But I've been in a lot of these groups that people drag me into because I look so good. And I'm so smart, and I'm so tall, and I smell so nice. They wouldn't know that on social media, but they drag me to these groups that are looking for companionship, right? Yes. And I, I don't really like being in them because it's really toxic because everybody's like, oh, niggas is always doing this. Oh, females is always doing that. I'm like, y'all supposed to be looking for love, not coming in here and saying, I'm mad at y'all. Yes. Like, y'all ain't doing nothing but just mudslinging. True. And uh, I, I I don't know, man. I, if you care to learn about what you should be doing, first and foremost, get you a source that you and your mate can agree on is important. Because if y'all don't have a philosophy that y'all both believe in when it comes to relationships, it's not going to work. Correct. I don't think people get that part. Find a system that you guys can commit to. Um, whatever system you think is important, y'all got to commit to it together. Have that conversation with the dude that looked good to you or the sister that looked good to you before y'all even try to get into something. Yes. Because let me just put y'all on notice, brothers. You ain't finna outspend the average black chick these days. They got more degrees than you. They probably making twice as much money as you. House probably better than yours. Get the car that you're trying to buy. They don't really need that. But ain't nothing substituting companionship. You can't buy that. True. What you going to do? That's that's the one thing they can't um, materialize on their own. No. Everything else they can, you know, materialize and and go out and set a goal and go get it. That's Mm -hmm. the one thing that they – have to lean upon somebody else for. Right. Cats can't do it. Pets can't do it. The homegirls can't do it. True. Your mom and daddy can't do it. They're going to need it from from you. Sisters, dude just want to know that you respect them. That point blank period. We simple. <laughs> True. We, we, got, we got our competitive nature. If you want to be a part of that, you know what I mean? Sit. Learn a little bit for it, then join us. Because we want you to be there. True. 
We just don't want you to be that. Well, baby, what 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 they supposed to do with the ball? No, no, no. That ain't that ain't what we talking about. We need you to come in. Dang, LeBron had an off year this year. The first time in 15 years he ain't made the playoffs. Throw a stat at us. You're <laughs> like, damn, girl. What you be doing? That's why, see, that's why I married you. You be knowing. You know what I mean? Yes. That's a whole lot different. I mean, I'm not in a relationship with players. You should. Well, I mean, this Ooh. this is coming at a, um, I wouldn't say an odd time, but a, but a very ironic time as I am on the precipice of my 10-year wedding anniversary. Seriously? Yes. And wow. Five days, it'll be 10 I was years. there, and I didn't know it was 10 years. Yes, you were there. And so, um, so yeah, Are so you it's serious? coming at a, yeah, so it's coming at a, peculiar time us having this conversation because um you know even though i've been married for 10 years um a lot of these lessons that you know you're speaking out or things that i've learned Mm -hmm. you know are are things that when i got married i had no clue about things that i've kind of grown and evolved to learning so um you know so it but i said you know 10 years though so uh and um but tell them do you get take a break what's that you don't get to take no break no nah, you don't get to take a break and people are people are living organisms dude people yeah. are constantly learning constantly growing true. which means you have to constantly grow and learn with your mate true that, yeah i mean because i you know things that i was that i'm feeling now are things i necessarily wasn't feeling or or part of back then. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've had this conversations. Oh, you're into that? I didn't know that. Yeah. Right, right, you know, right. But I'm, I'm a little bit different now. So, you know, there is that constant change. But um, communication is key. And um, being on the same page and, you know, and, and staying, uh, you know, in, in concert. But, you know, two times for uh, 10 years. Yeah, man. That's, that's what's up, man. So. Especially in this climate. Uh Yo, if y'all want some positive stuff in your news feed, there's, there's a lot of places that you can look. I try to keep as much positivity in my news feed as possible because uh, it's tough out here on single people. It's tough out here on people in relationships. Social media itself is a tough place to be because it's just, it's, it's an echo chamber. And you're just hearing everybody say everything and anything. And, and it, it can be a bit uh, disturbing at times. So, but if you're looking for something, uh, Instagram has a profile called Black Love Doc. Uh, they're constantly showing portrayals of black fathers, um, black mothers, families getting together, and just celebrities and non-celebrities alike. Um, black therapy for men. Okay. Um, I think it's melanated therapy or dope stuff my therapist says okay. um these are not again these are not designed to replace an actual relationship with an actual certified therapist but these are places that will put you in touch with some people um uh, i follow the black unconscious it's a podcast it's also an instagram page they give you a lot of little tips so right after you're done listening to us you can listen to you can check them out i <laughs> and uh my, my my personal philosophy and belief system comes from uh, the Bible. Correct. If you want to get some tenets on how I kind of believe things, you can listen to Miles Monroe. 
um, The Kingdom Man by Tony Evans. Those are two good places for me to start um, if you want to see what it is that I think a man should be doing. Correct. Um, they'll both tell you it ain't as early as the 80s. We ain't been making as much money as the sisters. You ain't finna out-educate yourself over sister. Sure. Like Miles Monroe was married to a, I think she was like some kind of engineer making like twenty five, I mean two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year working for the government in the wow. Bahamas. She's like, man, I wouldn't go out earn my wife, but I was still able to lead once the money came into the house. So, uh, yeah, this ain't really barbershop talk that much, but. Hey, sisters, man, we, we out here trying to do better, uh, married and unmarried men alike. Yes. Because we see what y'all going up against. Uh, y'all leading the charge. Support, support, support. Uh, let us know how we can. Drop a comment. Send a DM. You know, what else would you like to hear from us? Because uh, as much uh, as they're still – evolving yes. and achieving they still want to know what we're thinking yeah man uh, yeah anyway anything you want to add bro before we shut it down nah man that's it um, I think it was uh, more of an educational spin today yeah yeah um, introspective right um, but that's good yeah. alright alright thanks for listening be easy God bless you